Good evening, all you creatures of the night. It's that time of year again. The cool, crisp air nips at your neck, and the leaves begin to change all around you. Fall is finally here, and the glorious month of October has fallen upon us. We have 31 days to watch all of the terrifying, blood-curdling films before we finally reach All Hallows' Eve. But which films to watch? Where do I begin? This is the latest podcast episode of It Records and the return of the annual recommendation show, Halloween Horror. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. You see, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. Good evening, all you creatures of the night, and welcome back to the Air Records Podcast. It is I, Matt Johnson, coming to you again over the airwaves to give you another recommendation on the annual Halloween horror episode. That's right, it is a Halloween horror episode, which we do every October, every year. It's a little mini show we do where I do a solo show, and I'm just basically pretty simple, pretty short. I'm just recommending a movie every day throughout October that maybe you will want to watch. You can see the tag for the movie, listen for, you know, 10 to 15 minute episodes kind of going over what what was the movie, how it fell into the horror genre, other movies that came out in that year. So maybe it'll pique your interest and you'll want to watch them because I know as we get closer to Halloween and it's October, you might want to watch a horror movie and you might not do that in June or March as much as you would right now. So that's kind of why we do this and hopefully you'll watch one of these movies. And again, with Halloween horror, I've never recommended these before. So every year we do this, it's a brand new movie that I've never recommended before. So I try to keep it fresh. And also what I'm trying to do is there's another theme where every day I give a suggestion is also a different year in the horror genre. Meaning October 1st this year was a movie from 1989. October 2nd, was a movie from 1988. October 3rd was 1987. So, and so on and so forth until we'll get to Halloween, where it'll be a movie from 1960. So we're going to move backwards through time and you'll be able to see how the horror genre changed or different movies from different years, different decades, and see which one might pique your interest more. Last year, we went from 1990 to 2020. So if you don't want to listen to some some movies from the 80s, or the 70s, the 60s we'll be doing this year. You can also check out last year. We went from 1990 to 2020. So we did more modern movies. But with that, where does that leave us on today's episode? Where are we at? Well, it's October 11th, and we are now finally into the 70s. Today is 1979. We have moved out of the 80s, and we are going to be doing the 1979 Canadian psychological body film, Written and directed by David Cronenberg, starring Oliver Reed, Samantha Egger, and Art Hindle, The Brood. 
That is right, everybody. We're going to be doing another David Cronenberg film. We did one earlier in this month. I believe it was 83. We did a Videodrome, which was a David Cronenberg film. And now we're doing The Brood, which is another one. It's an earlier one. I think this one really establishes Cronenberg in the horror genre. I think Shivers and Rabbit came out before this. And then The Brood. So you had those two that did that were critically pretty successful, and I think this one kind of cements him as a visionary or a a prominent director in the horror genre, uh, and definitely in that psychological body horror subgenre. That's that's his bread and butter: psychological slash body horror films. And I know if you've been listening the the past three episodes to to round out the eighties, we did some sort of you know, those last three I think we did were slapstick horror, comedy horror films. And this one kind of, it turns that on its head. This one's not a funny one. This one is a, you know, a horror one. It's kind of disturbing. You know, that psychological body horror in there. And what you'll get with a Cronenberg film is those deep psychological issues that really make you think uh, about the relationships and the situations in the film while also manifesting those physical horrors. Uh, that you will see on the screen in terms of the characters uh, and the way their bodies are deforming or changed or diseased or something. But if you've never seen The Brood, I'll just give you a quick little rundown. What it is, is it follows a man who tries to uncover an unconventional psychologist therapy techniques on his institutionalized wife amidst a series of brutal murders. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. It follows a man who um, tries to uncover some of these techniques uh, from this therapist that his wife is seeing, kind of a very cult-like. Um, they live in, they kind of all live in this one establishment. All the while, there's this strange relationship between the the man and his wife and their child, um, and you can you can really feel that sort of uh, tense relationship between them. And you know, if they're not being good parents and whatnot, and those are underlying themes throughout the whole thing. If you're not raising your child right, or are these things um, that these emotions and these interactions you're having with your wife, you're questioning them and, and so on and so forth. But that was really a biographical to some extent issue with David Cronenberg while he's making this film, he was going through a contentious divorce at the time. And so we get the brood, which has that sort of struggling relationship and, and parenthood underneath this entire film. Um, he kind of was able to use that as, I guess, as like an outlet um, in this movie uh, to create the brood for what was going on in his real life. There's other movies that do that. Uh, I know we haven't talked about it on this podcast, actually, but I think 1981 was The Possession, which is a great film. It's it's a horror, psychological horror, abstract, art house type film that that director, it's a Polish film, was going through a divorce as well. And that one really details the breakdown of a relationship and uses the horror horror genre for that. There's another movie that's more recent, Midsummer, um, by Ari Aster, which it's kind of detailing and chronicling a, a breakdown of their relationship. There's no real breakup in the movie, but you can kind of see the relationship coming apart in that movie the director was going through a breakup there and wanted to use the horror genre to kind of showcase that extreme with the brood. You're going to get those deep psychological issues. I'm talking about um, the breakup, the breakdown of the family, the breakdown of your relationship using that psychological horror. And you're going to get body horror. You're going to get those practical effects really showing 
it's these kind of demon looking children, I guess. Um, in this movie is what you'll get uh, with the brood, which manifests the greater themes of the main characters. Uh, and so that's what you'll see here with the brood. It was 92 minutes long released in June of 79. It had a budget of about $1.5 million and only made about 5 million. So I guess it was a success because it made five times what it was allotted in its budget. But overall, you know, it was a relatively small success nonetheless. But it, it really, I think, cemented Cronenberg in the horror genre because uh, then he goes on later to do Videodrome, which only cements him even more uh, a couple of four years later or so. I'm trying to think if anything was in between. I'm trying to think when Scanners came out. I think I just said that. I think it came out in between here, in between The Brood and Videodrome. It's Scanners, which is another one. And this one's in the Criterion Collection. The Brood is actually in the Criterion Collection. It's a Blu-ray, uh, 2006. The Chicago Film Critics Association named it the 88th scariest film of all time. So it is a critical success. I believe it's up there around uh, 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. So people also enjoy this movie. But if you're looking for other movies that also came out in 1979 that weren't David Cronenberg, you can go and watch the Amityville Horror. That was the original one starring Margot Kidder, who's in The Black Christmas, also played Lois Lane in the original Superman. And, oh, uh, what is his name? Brolin. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Josh Brolin's father, the actor, him and Margot Kidder are in Amityville Horror together. You get uh, The Visitor, which is... On my list, I have not watched The Visitor. I'm super excited to watch that one, trying to find a copy of it. So The Visitor came out in 79, Salem's Lot, uh, Prophecy, and Alien. Alien came out, the Ridley Scott one, the original one to start off the series. Those are some movies that came out in 79. Other things that happened in 79, other than movies, other than The Brood, ESPN launches. Uh, ESPN Entertainment Sports Programming Network television network is launched on cable television 7 p.m. Eastern time in September 1979. The network was created by Bill and Scott Rossman along with Ed Egan as a channel, channel dedicated to true sports fans. And we now know it is it's everywhere. There's more than ESPN. There's two, there's three, there's you, there's news, there's college. I don't even know what else, but it's a mainstay in the sports arena now. But 1979 was the official launch of ESPN. The SALT II Treaty, uh, the United States and the Soviet Union reached an agreement during the strategic arms limitation talks in June of 1979. At the time, U.S. President Jimmy Carter and Soviet leader uh, Brezhnev, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, they signed the treaty in Vienna after having held several talks regarding the reduction of nuclear arms from 1972 to 1979. So that was signed in 72. And the Voyager 1, I will finish it there with some more space stuff. I know a lot of these have been space-related space shuttles. Voyager 1 here, uh, photo reveals Jupiter's rings. Uh, the Voyager 1 spacecraft launched in September of 77 with the mission of gathering information on Jupiter and exploring the outer ridges of the solar system. On March 5th of 79, the Voyager 1 made its closest approach to Jupiter and made observations about the moon's rings, radiation, and magnetic fields of the solar system's largest planet. That's 1979, some things that happened in the world. If you're looking to watch The Brood, this one is accessible, not only through the, the regular channels that I talk about, like Amazon Prime, Google Play, iTunes, where you can rent it, Voodoo, renting them through there. But uh, this one's a, a Criterion, so if you have the Criterion channel, um, it can be on the Criterion, Criterion channel there. You can own it. But it's HBO Max, at least right now. So if you have an HBO Max subscription, you are able to stream The Brood, and I highly recommend that one. 
uh, I, I guess I highly recommend a video drum as well. But I think I know I'm, I'm doing a lot of Cronenberg uh, suggestions this year because I think people should really, if you haven't, uh, check out his style for sure. Definitely as we're making our way through the 80s and the 70s. Um, give one or two of those uh, a watch. And we did The Fly. We also did The Fly as a full-length episode on this podcast. The Fly is an 80s one. I can't remember the exact year. I'm not recommending it because we already did a full-length episode, but you can check that one out as well, which was a remake of the 1950 uh, The Fly movie with Vincent Price. But other than that, I will leave it there for today uh, in 1979. I'll be back tomorrow on the 12th to give you a movie in 1978. So I hope to, to see you there. I won't see you. Hopefully you'll hear me. You'll come in and you'll, you'll listen. But until then, I'm Matt Johnson, and I will remain in the shadows. My son was my son, and today is his birthday.